Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name's Tori. I'm Taylor Shea. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. Hi. I feel like we still, how many episodes in and we still just go, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We're no, just... we have, we're also, I think like, we just get so nervous because every time we get to record, it's so far between the last mm-hmm. time that we get out of our rhythm. Yeah. It's been like two weeks. Yes. So we're very not in it. I'm also running on three hours of sleep, three and a half hours of sleep. I did a double last night. So I worked from 3 p.m. Yes, Saturday to 7 a.m. Sunday. And I got up at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And it's currently 4.30. So from 11 a.m. yesterday to 4.30 now, I'm running on three and a half hours of sleep. Yikes. So I'm tired. A little bit loopy. Um, I just got back from vacation, so this is my first day that I have to like just genuinely chill. So yes, you know, be a person because you finally don't have to go to work or mm-hmm. drive or anything else, or walk thirty thousand steps because my family does Disney hardcore. Yeah, we talked about Ooh. your Disney trip when you came home on Friday, and basically we concluded that I cannot go no. because I will be absolutely miserable i will not have a good time Mm -hmm. because i get too anxious yeah in lines so we basically decided if i ever went everyone's just gonna leave me at epcot and let me get drunk and then find me hours later wherever i may be yes we're gonna put a a tile tracking or an air tag on you like what they do with their kids there were so many fucking parents who had little rubber bracelets on their kids ankles with air tags on them which is smart it's smart smart. i would absolutely do the same thing but uh, i think i feel like i'd hide it better because a little bit. Like, you could take it off really easily that way. But with yeah. you, I would just give it to you and be like, I'd slip it in your purse. No. I th- yeah, you'd either have to put it in my purse or you would also have to attach it to my ankle. Because drunk me can you'd- be also an idiot. <laughs> I mean, sober you's not an idiot? Exactly. Depends on the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, just put one, put a tracking device on my ankle. Leave me at Epcot. Who knows where you'll find me You want a margarita? I want a margarita. We also figured out that if you were going to try to take me places or get me to walk, the only way to do that would be to be like, hey, look, there's Bellinis over there. You got to walk two miles to get a Bellini. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay. Yeah, be like, oh, you got a margarita. I don't want to walk anymore. But there's Bellinis next country. Okay, I'm there. like, all right, I'm moving. (laughs) Love it. So, you know, I'm back. I'm tired. I'm here. I'm I'm a... uh, you're halfway That's it. towards a person. Not even a quarter, if that. Like I am running on Popeyes and Trader Joe's fumes. Yes, which th- and I Trader Joe molasses today cookies. And started this morning very energetic. I'm I've kind of like mellowed out and I'm a little tired now, but I'm very impressed with myself. I went to yoga this morning, and in class they had us do a handstand, a headstand. I did it. I <laughs> am so proud of myself. I have no muscles. <laughs> Muscles. Muscles. So I, I literally woke up from my three hour nap after I got off work, and I it was like one o'clock. And she, we're talking about we're talking about yoga and how mm-hmm. work my work day was. And then she's like, "Oh, so I went to yoga." I was like, "Oh yeah." So how was that? She goes, "I did a headstand," and I was like, "Oh, good for you." That was one of the first things she said to mm-hmm. me when I woke up. I was so proud. And like, that's impressive because I would fall on my ass, break my neck. I thought I was gonna die the whole time. I was terrified. How long but did you did hold it? it? Uh. I did two, and both times I could really only hold for like a little less than a minute. But still, it's impressive. Yeah, but I got up there. I did it. Hell yeah! It really? was just a lot on my neck, which I've already been having a lot of neck pain mm. anyways. So like, love holding your stress in your neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the masseuse that I went to, uh, I think like a week or two ago, mm-hmm. before I went to Disney. Yeah, before you went to Disney, she basically like looked at me and was like, "Your back fucked. What is wrong with you? <laughs> your back fucked. Your neck." Fucked. fucked why have you not come sooner yeah we're like why are you like this and then i told her some of the stuff that's been going on and she's like oh that explains a lot maybe you should buy a tennis ball and like <laughs> sit against the wall and just like let it like oh, really try God. to help work out some of those knots because i swear to god that poor lady tried for like 45 minutes to get out every knot that i had love it which is why she then felt the need to interrogate me and be like all right i just gave you the people's punisher elbow for 45 minutes what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you why are you the way you are you're like Hello? i'm just really stressed out i love it i love it so what yeah. is this uh so case? The case that we have today because this is also one of the ones that i had chose and did a bunch of notes when i was sick and watching a lot of true crime yes. documentaries so this one is very i very much wanted to talk about and this was actually technically a suggestion a long time ago that my sister suggested that she wanted me to take on was um 
oh god i forget what the documentary is called off the top of my head but it's through netflix mm-hmm. and, oh our father the our father oh documentary yes yes i tried to start watching it like a like a mm-hmm. long time ago and I just couldn't get into it, but mm-hmm. I've heard about it and I'm interested about it because this is, this is this as is a, a wild case. as a queer person mm-hmm. when, you know, when I was younger, when I first came out, you know, obviously the question is a, 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 is like comes up is like, how are you going to have kids? Yep. It's people usually say either someone, you know, can be a sperm donor or you go to a sperm bank and yep. go to an infer- a fertility doctor, whatever. Mm-hmm. The basis of this case is what scares me away from going Terrible. to a, to a fertil- yes. fertility doctor or a sperm bank. This case really, I think needs to pave the way for laws yes that are so very much needed and i don't understand how this was not a thought in someone's Mm -hmm. head before this and why it took something morally and ethically so absolutely wrong to happen for people to realize that this Mm -hmm. is probably something that needs to be yeah criminalized yeah because i've heard st- i've heard of stuff yeah. like this before i think there are law and order episodes about it i oh, feel yeah. like there's been a criminal minds episode about Definitely. it like this has been like a big thing in pop culture yes it has so i'm interested to see like what the because i've never heard the original case so yes. i'm interested to see yeah. what you have to bring to me so we'll just dive right in You're- so around 2015 jacoba ballard an only child of two parents that struggled with fertil- fertility issues took her wish for always having siblings and decided to join a site dedicated to individuals who were children of adoptions or artificial insemination donors. Okay. So Jacoba had known since she was 10 years old that the man that she knew of as her father was not biologically hers. Her father could not naturally have children, so her mother sought the help of a local fertility doctor for artificial insemination. Mm-hmm. So when she did, when she first sent her in her DNA to 23andMe, she was told that often the likelihood of finding close relatives would be that she would likely only find three as the policy of the fertility clinic was that or that her mother used was that to preserve the gene pool in the local area each donor could only be used three times which makes sense because you don't imagine you know a small town like we both grew up in if you have one sperm donor that's having 15 kids the likelihood Mm -hmm. of those 15 kids marrying and fucking and having kids is very high because of a small town so that is exactly why like Mm -hmm. Makes rules sense. like this were made but when ballard got her results she found that she had seven close relatives found through dna oh so this is 2015 mm-hmm. and now she has seven that she has found through dna mm-hmm. testing the majority of these were so close dna wise that they were listed as half siblings oh shit and most of whom were within the indianapolis area oh her. shit so this was way more than mm-hmm. what she was expecting so as Jacoba began to connect with each of these siblings, one thing kept popping up between all of them when they talked about or talked to their parents. Each of them had gone to the fertility clinic run by Dr. Donald Klein. Okay. So each of them were children of an anonymous donor, and each of their parents were told of this three donations per person mm-hmm. rule. So through talking to one of the people through the family tree that was not a half-sibling, but a biologically a cousin who was not a donor child, they asked this woman to list all of the surnames in her family to help possibly narrow mm-hmm. down who the father may be. One of the surnames she ha- gave happened to be the maiden name of Dr. Klein's mother. Mm. And when Jacoba asked if the Klein family was also related to this woman, she the, the woman then apologized uh, for her forgetfulness and said that the Klein family were relatives of hers and confirmed that she was actually a relative of Dr. Klein. Oh, shit. So after this horror started to kind of become clearer, Ballad's mother, when first looking for a donor, told the doctor that she ultimately wanted someone who would look like her husband and would create a child that would look like each Mm -hmm. of the pair. So, which the pair were an Italian family with dark hair and dark eyes. Mm -hmm. Jacoba was was born with blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Her mother could find no explanations of this other than perhaps that maybe there had been a mix-up at the donor bank or perhaps the bio dad carried these genes, but Mm -hmm. it was, like, expressive. Yeah. So when Jacoba started to connect with the other half-siblings, she came to see that the majority of them looked like her as well. Blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, no, 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 no. So knowing this and coupled with the information that her bio relative was related to Dr. Klein... She then looked up a picture of him and found uh, uh, one of him when he was younger, and he was also blonde-haired and blue-eyed. This then sparked the spiral of Ballard needing to know, was the man that was her mother's doctor actually her biological father? Ooh, that gives me the ick hardcore, dude. 
terrifying to think of. Ugh. So as time went on, Ballard began to have more and more matches pop up through 23andMe, and in a record time, her close relative number jumped from 7 to 20. Jesus. So one of the, well, one of these was sibling number 14, so a woman named Julie Harmon, who took a 23andMe test as a Christmas present, thinking that she would discover interesting ancestral roots, mm-hmm. but what she found was that the man that she thought of was her father was not biologically hers. So this person thought that her parents were genuinely her parents. They never yes. told her about the artificial insemination. No. See, that's an interesting thing because I don't know how I would feel if my entire life I grew up knowing, thinking that my dad was my dad. And then well, all of a sudden it comes up and it's like, oh, I'm not. Her situation's a little different. Okay. Okay. So she was devastated. She went to her mother and her mother could not believe it because she, after connecting with Jacoba. Jacoba had basically asked her to ask her mother if she had ever been seen by a Dr. Klein. Her mother admitted that, yes, she had. Her and her father were struggling to conceive and had gone to the clinic to have her father's semen artificially inseminated to increase their chances of pregnancy. And then after this became pregnant with Julie. Oh, my God. They were under the impression that it was her that her father was biologically hers. Holy shit. It was not a situation of this couple went there to get a donor and never told her. No, they thought it was her husband's sperm being used. Oh, my God. Yes. And through a simple ancestral test. Oh, Ended up finding out. God. No. I don't know what the fuck I would do. I think I would be absolutely oh devastated. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because there's, like, this part of you that's, like, mm-hmm. this person that I thought was biologically my father is not biologically my father. Mm-hmm. Like. But, and all of them were tricked. None of them oh knew of this. Not a one. Jesus. So more and more, Ballard and Ballard and the siblings were all starting to find more and more relatives whose mothers were also being told that their donors were medical students that could only be used three times or thought that the sperm being used were their own husbands. Mm. So this got them all motivated to know for sure whether they were the products of Dr. Klein himself. So they contacted the children of Dr. Klein, and after some time, they did agree to meet with Jacoba, and they informed her that they had confronted their father, and Dr. Klein admitted to them that he, at times, during his practice, had used his own sperm as the donor for his patients, but that it was sparingly, and that he assured his children that there would be no more than 20 donor children. For, okay, first of all, no more than 20. That's a huge number. That's a huge fucking number. I could, I could see, like... Okay, this is still very ethically, like, I don't think, I don't know how I vibe with this, but, like, let's say you work at this fertility clinic, and you're like, hey, sperm donation was really mm-hmm. low recently. We've had an uptick of clients. You know what? Let me donate. I'll, yep. I'll th- like, that I can maybe see. Maybe. Maybe. But 20? Or if the patient consented. Yes. Or said, like, I think you're a great doctor. I'd love for my kid to be a doctor. Yeah. Would you consider donating? Yeah. But we'll even that's that ethically part, not ethically not okay because it still seems well, because the same thing would be like let's say first thing that pops in my head is like let's say you have someone go in for a liver transplant mm-hmm. like hey listen you mentioned that your family has history of this disease and you mentioned that you were eligible yeah. for a donation but you never did it could you donate to me yeah that would be fucking no yeah all of this is ethically insane as well as like I don't know how I would feel or ever be able to look my father in the eye if I confronted him. If my father was this doctor and I confronted him and he admitted that, yes, unknowingly, that our mom, that us as kids, never knew that he was using his own sperm in his practice for his infertility clinic and that there were dozens of children walking around uh -uh, that were biologically his Mm -mm. and that none of us knew. I don't think I'd ever be able Mm -mm. to talk to my father ever again. Nope. Mm-mm. But we'll get further on mm-hmm. along here. But so after having Klein's children confirm that this, she knew that they had all been the victims of a terrible crime and began to search for ways to file a complaint about a doctor, leading her to being told that to file a complaint with the Indiana Attorney General's office. So she did. And after a month, she received a generic letter basically telling her that. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Basically telling her that they would look into the matter and that they would reach out to her for at a later time for an interview if an investigation began. So essentially, um, we sorry it happened to you. Um, we're not getting back to you. Basically, it was just a like, letter of like, maybe we'll do something yeah. with this one day. Yeah. Eh, probably Bye. not. 
probably not. Bye. But months went by and she heard nothing. So Mm -hmm. feeling backed into a wall with no real options for justice, she then uh, sent her story to a local, to different local news outlets, hoping for someone who, to find someone who wanted to bring her story to light, Mm -hmm. basically. So in doing this, she reached out to local Fox 59 anchor Angela Ganote, or Ganote on Facebook. I'm probably pronouncing her Mm -hmm. last name wrong. Very sorry, ma'am. But... So Gano immediately was appalled by the story and wanted very much to go forward with it and let the public know of this horrific crime mm-hmm. and warn the public of the risk to the gene pool that had been created. Mm-hmm. So originally, because Klein himself refused to directly admit to the siblings or to the news and was refusing a DNA test, Angela was not legally allowed to run the story with his mm-hmm. name, but only that a local, a prominent local fertility doctor was embroiled mm-hmm. in a scandal that might prove that he was artificially inseminating his patients with his own sperm without their knowledge or consent. Jesus. So eventually, Klein did agree to sit down and talk with some of the siblings And when he arrived at the restaurant to meet Ballard and some of the others, he arrived walking with a cane, very clearly in poor health, but also with an open carry pistol strapped to his (gasps) hip. So while there, when his children asked, given his condition, uh, what it was that he was suffering from and asked if there were any genetic health conditions that he was carrying to determine if each of them were at risk, Klein denied to disclose any of his health conditions and claimed that his genes were very healthy and none of them had anything to worry about. Mm, I don't fucking like it. So this, however, was very clearly a lie as Klein suffers from rheumatoid arthritis and a number of other genetic health conditions, which in recent years, many of the siblings have begun to suffer from as well. Jesus. So... After the story began to break and um, Angela Gannot was determined to interview him as well as to go forward with releasing his name publicly, Klein began to call and harass Ballard along with a number of the other siblings. So during one of these many phone calls where he attempted to badger Ballard into retracting her story or to bully her into not having his name released, he claimed to her that the world did not need to know. Uh, Yeah, the fuck it does because how do you know if you're not marrying someone or having kids with someone who is your half fucking sibling yes and what you're doing is a crime like that's so fucked up like oh you know i have this mm-hmm. weird thing where i really like it reminds me of that john mm-hmm. the john stainless episode of long or svu yeah where he like just he just loved he mm-hmm. wanted his genes to populate the earth like yes. first of all that's fucking gross yeah. like these people who people like this like they have like mm-hmm. a fucking fetish for like mm-hmm. being like i'm impregnating someone that's fucking weird yes like yo no 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 like you need to know this shit like this is fucked up Mm -hmm. like it's not only is it you know just inherently like they need to know about like like if there's any other kids out there need to know about like the ra or whatever like any other genetic stuff but also like you need like the people need to know because if you went to this clinic if and if i went to the clinic i'd be like is this my fucking kid is this my husband's kid absolutely like well this is we'll talk more about it but like why this is so fucked up is this is going on without someone's knowledge or consent you are impregnating people with sperm that is not at all what they had mm-hmm. chose so you're taking their rights to and possibly away from them. not even tested yep not even tested and i'll point it out later i think in my notes but people with his genetic health conditions would not legally be allowed to donate no. yeah exactly so you're going against what the law would allow Mm -hmm. you to do or like what any other you wouldn't allow someone with these same medical conditions Mm -hmm. to donate to your to your fertility clinic but you have these problems and you're doing this ridiculous it's just absolutely insane to me so he attempted to push her into not or to try to not talk um by discussing how this could ruin his marriage damage his children and destroy his reputation Klein himself at this time was considered a pillar of his community. He was considered a a philanthropist, uh, one of the most respected fertility doctors in Indiana, and was an elder of his church and would often hold baptisms at his own home. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Who fucking cares? If there's anything we all know mm-hmm. is that it doesn't, I don't give a fuck if you're a senior member of the church because a lot of times those senior members of the church are the ones who are the most fucked up. Like you being a, a member of a church in my book alone does not mean you're a good fucking person. Because no. I've met plenty of people who are Christian and heavily in their church mm-hmm. who are shitbags. And I've met so many people who who are so anti-religious a uh, i.e me and also mm-hmm. your partner yeah. who have religious trauma who are good people mm-hmm. when they do not believe in religion nope like 
We'll talk a little bit more about this weird religiosity mm-hmm. um, because that really does come into play later. Lovely. But yeah. Does he he's... think he's like Adam? I'll talk about it a little bit. I s- oh, you know what? Okay. I'm going to put this out there. Content warning for religiosity. Yeah. Because like, this is going to get me. I can tell I'm already heated. This is going to fucking get me. Yeah. You're going to be very, very annoyed. Um, I go later. <clears throat> but but as Ballard tried to push back at him about the need to speak her truth, as well as to warn the public of the potential incest yeah. that occur that could occur from not knowing that he, uh, that he was doing this, he consistently tried to twist her own religion against her because she herself was also a religious person mm-hmm. um tried to twist it against her as a way to get her to back down so he repeatedly in conversations when she would ask him why he had done this in the first place he would tell her that god had designed them all and planned for each of them to happen and would consistently quote jeremiah 1 5 so before i formed you in your mother's womb i knew you yeah, this was one of the things that he would quote at her as to why it was acceptable okay. for him to do this. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as someone who went to church, and you can tell I'm pissed off by the way I'm talking. Mm-hmm. As someone who went to church, like, I understand, you know, the I knew you before I met you. Like, and even as someone who's not religious now, like, I believe, like, there is, we are all made of, that sounds corny, but like, all made of, like, stardust. We're all yeah. made of energy energy or like matter cannot be destroyed or created it is just there so like my future children are somewhere in the world like Mm -hmm. not another person but like their energy their matter is in the world already wherever it is whatever i get that but it to use religion to justify your crime it's like it's i've heard cases before where it's like someone gets raped and they get pregnant oh well god meant for like Oh, you what? God meant for you to have this child. No, I don't give a fuck. God does not plan for this. For her to have an abortion. Why are we using this figure in the fucking sky to justify these fucked up actions that these humans are are doing? Yes, it pisses me off. Choice and control from a person's life. Like, and it makes me. I. I, It's a little bit of a tangent, but it reminds me of there's this person I follow on TikTok called Griffin Maxwell Brooks. Uh Um, they're a non-binary um AMAB person who goes to Princeton, is on the diving team and the gymnastics team, but they are very flamboyant, very queer, very Mm -hmm. like love them. They were recently in a Vice documentary or Vice like thing where it's like they have like a group of people like where it's like um republic or like conservatives and liberals mm-hmm. like talk and like argue what or like not uh-huh. argue but like have a conversation yeah. one of the, one of the things that they were talking about in that mm-hmm. panel was there's this person who said that like in order to be because they're talking about masculinity what okay. masculinity meant to them mm-hmm. this person was like masculinity is defined by god being a good man is defined by god god if you follow the god put forward what he meant as to, for you to be a man whatever Gross. no like it, it's obviously it's, it's a, a human, huge tangent it's a construct like it's a tangent but yeah. it's like i just it makes me so mad when people try to be like like all the shit that's happened to me all the bad shit all the trauma i've been through god had a plan for that god yeah. wanted me to be assaulted god wanted me to go through abusive relationships for yeah. what to make me a better fucking person guess what i can I say that been a good person i can that. say that but yeah. you know i'm not a good person because of that no. like we said before about the when we talk exactly. about the boy in the box case i'm not a good person and i'm not a compassionate caring person because of my assault i am a good person in spite of that because exactly. i could have taken that and been a fucking asshole yep. so to use god as a means to be like oh well he planned for this like this was meant to happen no, no fuck you this no that was someone else's Ooh. choice that they then mm, another person. This well, is one of the things that I liked that Ballard pointed out, especially when she thought of this, and not only did it anger her as a religious person that yeah. he was trying to twist her own religion against her, and she directly said she was like, "No, not my God, my God mm. would not have planned for yep. this. You chose." But also that she thought of this that when he, because he quoted this specific um, Bible verse. Yeah, sorry, I'm. I didn't go to. And honestly, and, I didn't and, and, really and, like well, going to your guys's D and D meetings. <laughs> I'm not a part of your fandom. I didn't go I to. Didn't go. I didn't go to youth group. I didn't I learn. Didn't and actually, group. it's um, it's not even one five. It's like ch- chapter one, verse five. That's disgusting. I don't care. Yeah, um, it's gross. I'm not it's a part of your guys. J- Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. 
I'm not a part of your fandom. Disgusting. I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe I don't to that it. fandom. I don't get it. But I, no. Anyway, she particularly pointed out the before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you as her way of saying he made a choice. He knew he was doing this. He purposefully knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Every single time he did it, he knew that he was going against what this woman wanted mm-hmm. or what this woman had chose. Because he's putting the choice in his, like, in his I hands. knew you. Not God knew, knew you. you. Not, I knew you. Yeah, I knew you. Not that your mother knew you. Not that God knew you. I knew you. Because yeah. I chose to do Fucking this. Fucking ridiculous. Yes. So, as Ballard and Ganoa continued to publicly speak about Klein's abuses and the harassment, or because of this, the harassment kept coming. So, Ballard woke up one day to having all of the lug nuts removed from her <gasps> car. As well as some of her other siblings that spoke publicly began to experience harassment as well. Julie Harmon had opened her computer one day to find her hard drive and email completely wiped of any mentions of Klein. And all of the research that she had collected and articles she had saved about him and his work were completely (gasps) gone. What the fuck? He wiped her computer of him. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What a prick. So, Heather Wacock, um, who was... Sub- <laughs> Wacock. Yes. Yeah, sorry. sorry, Heather. Wacock. Um, she was sibling number 22. 22! Um, 22. Jesus. Yep. He said no more than 20. Right now, we have sibling number 22. Oh, my God. Um, had also began publicly talking about the situation, and she had began receiving harassing calls to her phone, one of which was a local cemetery calling to ask her if she was interested in buying a burial plot. <gasps> what the fuck? Oh, my God. No. No. That's Hello? fucking terrifying. Side note. Excuse the fire engine in the background. Wee wee. <laughs> wee woo. <laughs> wee woo. Why does that sound so much like Patrick Stoller? Because that's what I'm imitating. It, you did it dead on. Wee woo. <laughs> Where's the leak, ma'am? <laughs> my brother has on the back of his car. My, so I never told you this. Really big side note. Like I said, I'm very tired. <laughs> My brother's uh, license plate for his new car says "Wee Woo," and on the back he has a, he has a magnet of Patrick Star with the with the fucking uh, microphone, the walkie-talkie. Oh, that's so <laughs> My brother's bad. a fucking meme. Literally, his license plate says "Wee Woo." Wee He's woo. He's a troll. He's just... Wee Woo. Where's the leak, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is finally, fucked up. Yeah, finally the fire engine passed. But love it. Yes, so that's terrifying to me mm-hmm. someone literally calling my house wanting to know if i want a fucking burial plot that sounds like a threat to me if that I've is heard a one. threat that is a threat right in front Just of like my, my salad <laughs> you're you're gonna threaten me ma'am this is a wendy's, this is a wendy's. you're gonna threaten me in front of god and my salad and my salad, and my salad. they serve salad at wendy's you didn't know that I don't think you should eat a salad. Apparently, they're really good. Oh, okay. They have, like, strawberries, which I don't know if I trust strawberries from Wendy's, but... Yeah, that's why I say you probably shouldn't order that. It is what it is. I just buy a spicy chicken sandwich with uh, mayo, cheese, and crispy onions. No, I should Vito the tomato and the lettuce. Vito? Vito. Ixnay. it. That's where I'm thinking of. There we go. Anyway, so... So, as more and more time passed, and the more public this became... So did the number of siblings keep rising. Of course so, it did. in a matter of no time, the number jumped from around 20 to over 50. <laughs> Hello? Yep. So now. M- sir, here's my. Okay, no, no, here's something I've been thinking about the entire time. In order to do this, mm-hmm. and I, I know I could look this up, how many. Okay. Because when, when the guy whacks into a cup, <laughs> when he whacks <laughs> into a cup, and he just. Into the cup. He. <laughs> There's not just one spermy there. There's like a bunch. No. Yeah. So my question is, did he just whack it once or did he whack it every time? By the amount and the, we're going to get into how many years he was doing this. Okay. That makes so, sense. Okay. Yeah. Makes no. sense. He was, it so it was... wasn't just like he whacked it and was like, oh, there's a bunch of here. Let me just do it all at once. It was like, no. hey, I... okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> this got into a weird place. <laughs> it did really fast. Um, anyway. Well, we'll talk about. I guess jerking off again later. <laughs> um, we'll uh, table jerking off for later. <laughs> We're gonna table that discussion. The jerking off part put a, of the conversation. Put a pin in the right jerking now. off conversation. It's not Love here it. right now. Love it. So one of the siblings um, was sibling number seventeen, Matt White. So Matt's mother, Liz, was a patient of Klein's who was also struggling to conceive. And after the DNA results came back, uh, the first thing that she said to her son was, "I was raped fifteen times and didn't even know it." Wait, 15 times? 
15 times she went to Dr. <gasps> oh my God. You know what? I didn't even fucking think about that. Yes. So Liz White tearfully uh, discussed in the documentary how deeply this affected her. And as she looks back at these events, not only feeling the violation of knowing that her doctor had never given her a choice to choose her donor and taking away the choices that she had made in picking a donor that was, to her knowledge, healthy and looked like her husband. Um, but also that during each time that she was inseminated, she would come into the clinic in the early morning hours when it was always just the two of them. And to realize that this supposed medical professional who was in a medical setting would leave appointments with her in stirrups only in a hospital gown to go to other parts of the building to masturbate and then use that semen on her all in the time frame that he had left her with the knowledge that she was being medically raped. Oh, my God. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. So not only are you lying to this woman and mm -hmm. saying that you're using this donor sperm, but you're literally leaving her in such a vulnerable position. Yes. Holy shit. Because that alone, even if yeah. you were using the actual donor sperm, mm -hmm. that alone, leaving someone in stirrups yeah. for an extended amount of time without any reason mm -hmm. is like even i every time i've ever gotten a pap smear it's been like all right put your feet in stirrups the moment even if they need to yeah. like okay well i need to change my glove i need to get a new speculum whatever yeah. they're like you can put your legs down yes they don't make me keep my legs up no nope. what yes and as well as like this is why i think this case is so much more important to talk about because it's not just these siblings having the potential of incest or having all of these things that none mm -hmm. of the families knew of that they were being inseminated with sperm without their knowledge or consent but this is rape mm -hmm. these people did not consent to this mm -hmm. and when does this stop being medical and start being sexual because you mm -hmm. have to masturbate to create well, here's what the thing. you're doing and the fact that the fact that the, the, what this woman's experience really adds to that because yeah. the fact that it wasn't like okay well he left and he and she was was sitting there with her gown she was fine not in stars whatever mm -hmm. that like is still medically like medically very fucked up yeah but the fact that he left her in stirrups mm -hmm. went and masturbated because yep. she was in the stirrups that's sexual in nature yep. that's a sexual predator i very much think that he had sexual motivations for yes. what he did and i think any of the doctors who have done these things that are absolutely sexually motivated by this because i don't think that they're just doing this because they just want to help people have children. No, they're, they're doing it because they get off thing. on it. They, they, they're they like they're, knowing that they are. And this is gonna sound really fucked up and gross mm -hmm. to me. Like knowing that they're quote unquote spreading their seed everywhere mm -hmm. and planting their yes. genetic roots everywhere gives them a power, a feeling of power. Being like, oh, yeah. I father all these children. Mm -hmm. I had control over all these p people. They didn't know yes. what I was doing. Exactly. Like that's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. And I 100% agree that what happened to Liz White was rape. That yeah. was medical rape. Yeah. What happened to all of these women yeah. were. Thank no, but I, I agree. Like this, all of this is, is medical rape. And if yes. not normal rape, like it's not. Yeah. And I don't feel like we need to have this discussion, but mm -hmm. rape can look different. Rape does yes. not have to be penis into vagina. It can mm -hmm. be, it can be other orifices. It can be with digits. It can be with objects. Like it could it, be coercive. Yes. It could be something that is happening without your knowledge or consent and then it could be like stealthing these things that mm -hmm. you don't know are happening until later like mm -hmm. you could literally everything like i think and you made a very good point there like being coerced and also stealthing like coercing like you can have a, a, a enthusiastic yes and then mm -hmm. you do something that you don't like and they say no and you continue that's rape the exactly. moment they say no that's rape yes. and if you agree which i've had men do this to me before which is terrifying <laughs> Like, you agree to have sex with them with a condom because you want to protect yourself. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I took it off. Why'd you take it off? If it broke, yep. you should put another one on. Exactly. Why do you have only one? Yep. What yep. are you doing? As well as, no. like, we clearly agreed or I clearly stated what my boundary was. Yes. And you disrespected it and yes. went around it. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened to all of these women. Mm -hmm. That they absolutely were assaulted. Ridiculous. So after discussing this with many of the siblings, the, uh, the siblings' mothers of the group, collectively they all decided with the assistance of Angela Gannot to continue to push the attorney general's office to investigate. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, they still went unanswered until one prosecutor did agree to meet with them and discuss the legality of the situation. So when there, each of them laid out the wrong that had been 
that had happened and explained that these mothers were medically raped by their doctor. Mm -hmm. So prosecutor Tim Delaney uh, heard their stories and was quoted as saying, I don't deny that this was a sexual violation, but legally there's just no crime that touches this particular act. Yeah, that's really tough. So and with that, um, he explained that he could not prosecute because according to the state and federal law, what Klein did was not a crime in the eyes of the law. Mm hmm. So, however, he did say that they would attempt to investigate to see if there were other crimes that were being committed to see if they could possibly charge him for other things. Mm -hmm. But in doing this, the attorney general's office sent a formal letter to Klein, a formal letter, formal letter to Klein, a formal letter to Klein requesting information in regards to his paternity of his patient's children. So, in doing this, uh, so in doing so, he sent a formal of. A formal Words. letter back saying that he did not that he was not these children's father, but he admitted it before. Yep. Why are we changing our story, Doctor Klein? Why are we doing this, sir? Okay. Sir, can mm -hmm. you not change your story? Because mm -hmm. you're a piece of shit. So, but clearly, from for, uh, further investigation, the state found that Klein opened his clinic in 1979, and for nearly a decade, from the years of 1979 to 1986, Klein had been inseminating female patients with his own sperm without their knowledge or consent, and had, through this, fathered dozens of children. So due to this letter, the state was then able to prove that Klein was lying to the state and obstructing their investigation and used this to be granted a warrant for Klein's DNA. So once they got the results, it was confirmed Klein had fathered the siblings, including Jacoba Ballard, as well as dozens of siblings within a 25-mile radius. Jesus. Yes. So when they brought him in for questioning, the police, of course, asked why it was that he had chosen to do this, as well as why he had lied to the attorney general's office about the parentage. Mm -hmm. And he directly told them, I do not look at these people and consider them to be my children. As well as he claimed that he used his own samples only in cases where he felt that the mothers were truly desperate to have children and had only used it sparingly. So, by the way, this is still after, at this point, 23andMe had proved that he had fathered 50 of these children. And his argument was, well, I don't consider myself to be their dad. So, you know, but here's the thing, though. Him saying that mm -hmm. proves to me it's sexual in nature. Because you're not mm -hmm. doing it to father children. You're doing it to be a fucking pervert. You're doing it to be a nasty motherfucker. Well, he claimed that there was no sexual connotation to his actions and that he did not use his semen in a blasé way. First of all, I never want anyone to say the word semen and blasé in the same sentence. He did. That's fucking vile. You're a vile person. Not only because of what you did, but because you said you don't use your semen in a blasé way. Also, it's semen. How do you use it in a non-blasé way? Exactly. It's your fucking jizz. It's calm, guys. Like, <laughs> it's calm, guys. It's calm, guys. Like, this is a serious, like, is there any way to use it? that's not blasé then you're not what does blasé mean again just kind of like willy-dilly like and shit like just whatever <laughs> it's all like <laughs> wait okay question then yeah it's okay this is about a really so weird so he's saying he's using it in a purposeful way so is mm, okay forgive what i'm about to say uh, right is, is bukake blasé yes that is not serious. You're not using this in a serious enough way. So what? So when in porn yeah. does it become purposeful? What when does when is the line between purposeful and blasé blurred in porn? I don't know because here's guess my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. His purpose. So never mind. That's a whole topic that I don't want to get. This is not a porn podcast. This never is mind. not. A, Sorry guys. That. This is not a porn podcast. So, uh, welcome to Figures in the Dark. We are not a porn podcast. No. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. Anyway. Yeah. So this led the state to charging Klein with two felony counts of obstruction of an investigation in 2017. So Klein chose to plead guilty as he did not want the trial to potentially bring up more uh, and chose to only make a statement of being guilty uh, to lying to the state. So he wasn't pleading guilty to anything other than lying to the state. Mm hmm. 
So, but that's kind of what mattered, though, because that, that's what that's the what they charges were charging were. with. So at the sentencing, Jacoba was allowed to provide a victim impact statement where she directly discussed the medical rape and its impact on all of the victim's families. However, the court had made an order before she had done this that she nor the state was allowed to discuss the fertility fraud mm. as the judge determined it to not be relevant to the charges of lying to the state. Um, He literally lied to the state about fertility fraud. My point exactly. But this judge basically said the fertility fraud, not relevant. Um, The only thing that's relevant is lying to the state. But it's like, but he lied to the state about fertility fraud. Hello? So how are we supposed to even present the case when we can't even tell you what he's lying about? And she was like, Um, no. Hello? Yes. Um, But... Jacoba's a fucking badass, so... I mean, yeah, she, she kind of com- kickstarted this entire thing. Oh, yeah, and she completely ignored this court order. Um, so throughout Jacoba's statement, the judge herself repeatedly made objections and continued to instruct her to de- to not discuss the fertility fraud, which Jacoba did not abide by. Love it. Her victim's impact statement was fucking beautiful. So when the judge then handed down the sentencing, she directly stated that she would not be taking into account Ballard's statement as it did not directly tie to the charges involved um, involving the state and that she considered that the state to be the victim of these charges and not the families. First, the fuck of all. Whoever you are, you judge, fuck you. Oh, you're going to say fuck you even more after I tell you this. So, oh, my God. So, and the judge, while choking back tears of her own, told Klein that although he was convicted of these charges, that his family and friends would continue to love and support him despite the impact of these charges on his reputation. So she had tears for Klein, not the families. you. Not the woman who had been medically raped. Oh my God. This man. So he was then sentenced to a one year suspended sentence and a $500 fine. Oh my God. That it? That it. That's all he got. Yeah. Oh my God. So these charges also then led to the Indiana State Medically Medical Licensing Board revoking his license in 2018, um, which was a great gesture. Although he had retired from practicing medicine in 2009, so mm. it was kind of useless. But the board also then prohibited him from ever being able to apply to reinstate his medical license Good. indefinitely. So in the documentary, over a half dozen of the siblings were on there to tell their stories and discuss the fraud's impact on their lives and the lives of their loved ones. So as well as his former medical partner, Dr. Robert Culver and former nurse were also interviewed and both claimed that they had no idea that Klein had been doing this and uh, any of this and that until the news broke to them, they never had suspected that he would have done something like this. Well, and here, and it kind of rings, it kind of reminds me back to the thing you said about your own professor. Like, mm-hmm. She never met a rapist she didn't like. Yeah. You're not going to know. You're not going to know. You're not going to know. But this is what's even sadder to me as to how they really did not know. Because both of them claimed that the man that they knew had been an extremely righteous man and would often discuss medical ethics and principles he wanted upheld in the clinic. So he would yell at them about medical principles he wanted upheld and say that this three donor rule had to be upheld. But he was doing this. It that makes a lot of sense though, because I feel like I've heard of a lot of things like where it's it it, it kind of throws me back to I recently re-listened to um, Morbid's episodes about Israel Keys, which I eventually okay. want to cover. He had this thing where he wouldn't kill women, mm-hmm. he wouldn't kill mothers, he wouldn't kill children, mm-hmm. he wouldn't kill animals or dogs, dogs. But yeah, he, he would, dogs. but he would kill men yeah. who had children. Mm-hmm. Like so, he's like. It's like you don't want to ruin your family. He doesn't want to ruin these families with the mothers, the kids, whatever. But then he's killing these people who also have kids and he has he ruined his own family it's that same like not the same thing but it kind of gives me the same energy like oh like you we have to make sure we do this thing but i don't have to do it because i'm the boss like he's hypocrisy it's very much the huge like aura of hypocrisy Mm -hmm. i think that klein is a man who most embodies that Mm -hmm. he spouts at everybody religiosity and that they need to follow the word of god and claims that he's following the word of god but what he is doing is righteous and evil or Mm -hmm. not righteous and very very evil Mm -hmm. and is assault yeah he's assaulting people one of this the other sets of people that were interviewed in the documentary um were also the farbers who had been friends of klein's and had gone to medical school with them 
The pair did provide some insights into some of the reasons why Klein might have done this, which I will discuss later, but they also provided insight as to who he was as a private person away from his medical practice. So Mark Farber had said that when they were younger, he found that he found Klein to be extremely driven, intelligent, friendly, and motivated academically in medical school, albeit he was also very religious, uh, but that he did not think that he would have been capable of doing what he later did. However, Shireen Farber, his wife, had a very differing opinion of Klein. So she talked about how in her experiences with him during medical school, she found him to be extremely arrogant. And she remembers him, uh, remembers often that he would behave as though he knew more about her, about uh, more than her all the time about childhood development, even though that's what she was specializing in in medical school. Seems and that like he all... Yeah, that he was always behaving as though if you knew the same thing, the same fact as him, he still somehow knew more about it than you did. Seems like a huge misogynist. Yes. So very much misogyny Mm -hmm. and that he clearly didn't respect other women, Mm -mm. especially women, and that he thought he knew more than them, that Mm -hmm. he was better than them all the time. And I think that that is a huge stark contrast in this same couple. They both went to medical school with him, have very different opinions about Mm -hmm. this guy because he showed a very different side Mm -hmm. to her. Yep. So to make matters worse for the two, um, of course, later in the documentary, they discussed that they too had difficulties conceiving a child and turned to Klein as a friend and medical professional oh, no, 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 for help. No, 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 no. So Shireen had been a patient of his in the early days of his clinic, and after seeing him, she became pregnant with twin daughters. One of their daughters, Allison Kramer, also spoke in the documentary discussing the impact on her directly when she found out through DNA testing that she was sibling <gasps> number 61. Oh my, uh, wait, hold on. These so- were his friends. Oh, 61, too. 61. Holy shit. Yep. So he did this to his fucking friends. He did this to his friends. People that he thought and considered his friends. He went behind. He thought these two people thought they were his friends. He not only medically assaulted his female friend, but went behind his male friend's back, thinking that the male friend was his sperm was being used or a donor was being used. And used his own without Oh my fucking God. It gets worse. Oh my God. So she tearfully talked about the fact that her parents had trusted him and that there had even been photographs of him holding her as a young baby. <gasps> and as she aged, she too began to experience fertility issues and by her mother's recommendation had gone to Dr. Klein's clinic for assistance. She had seen him as her fertility specialist and gynecologist for nearly two years, where she had multiple gynecological exams performed at that time, as well as different breast exams. And after learning of the betrayal and that the man who was genetically her father had performed these exams on her was revolting and violating. Oh, my God. And he had to have known. He, he knew because he oh used his own sperm. God. He knew. Oh, my fucking God. He knew that the girl that came to him for assistance, because she also was experiencing fertility issues just like her mother had, was biologically his and continued to perform exams on her and try to assist her with her fertility I thought journey. I'm I thought you were going to say that he used his sperm to inseminate her. No, by that point, because he had stopped using his own sperm in mm. 1986. Gotcha. Okay. So by that time, it was after he had stopped doing that, but... Mm-hmm. Still fucked up. Still insanely fucked up. Insanely fucked up. This person is biologically his daughter. That makes me sick to my fucking stomach. Yep. I I was really disgusted um, when she came on and talked about what she went through. So throughout the documentary, the siblings, the mothers, and multiple professionals provided several theories as to why Klein may have done this, with some, um, some of which were that the Farbers proposed, which... The Farbers proposed a few different theories, one of which was that when Klein was young, he had been in a car accident where he had run over and killed a little girl, and that after this experience, he heavily dove into religion, and that, as Mark Farber had put it, he believed that perhaps he was creating life to make up for the life he had taken. Oh, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Like, I don't fucking care. Like... You yeah. accidentally killed a fucking kid. Boo fucking who. Yeah. And like, and how is medically raping a bunch of people um, bringing more life like, into go the fuck world? fuck yourself. Because you took a life. Go fuck yourself. Yep. So however, Ballard, or Ballard and some of the siblings believed that potentially due to the constant quoting of Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm learning. 
I don't know shit about religion. Fuck that shit. Um, anyway. Which is often quoted by those in the Quiverful movement mm-hmm. that perhaps Klein was secretly a part of the movement. Yep. So one of the main principles of the Quiverful uh, movement is to be fruitful and multiply. And that mm-hmm. they believe that being extremely fruitful is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Side note, mm-hmm. um, the Duggars. Yes. The Duggars are part of the Quiverful yep. movement. Pretty much any person that has those people that you meet that have mm-hmm. like 12 plus children they're probably a part of it if they're very religious very mm-hmm. weird yeah probably part of this yeah yeah but it's fu- it's fucked up this sucks mm-hmm. so they particularly emphasize and encourage these many children to go off and become politicians and leaders of their community and attempt to be able to spread their religious beliefs mm-hmm so, and with the Quiverful movement, it is also important to note that a lot of the individuals within the movement also place great emphasis on these Quiverful families being white families, and many of them have been linked to supremacist beliefs of the yep. white race dying off and the need for the Quiverful families to combat that. Mm-hmm. So, because, well, I don't understand any time people, like, make that argument, mm-hmm. side note, because how, if it's only these families who are popping out like fucking 17 children mm-hmm. incest that's the only mm-hmm. possible way we're going to get well it, remi- it reminds me only this it reminds incest. me of um how the one family like ancient not ancient but like old family in I think it's spain was so inbred they mm-hmm. had that fucking jaw and that nose yeah. it's like they want to keep their bloodline so pure mm-hmm. that they literally were so incestuous that they had this literal genetic malformation of their face yeah like what i was reading an article about it i do agree that i think like what this documentary documentarian was doing was more exploitative than informational but i forget what the documentary was called or what platform picked it up because honestly i don't think i should recommend anyone to Mm -hmm. see it because i do think it's exploitative but recently there was a documentary or a documentarian who had gone to like a couple of years ago had gone to the west virginia hills and yes, found the, the whitaker Ameri- family yes the whitaker yep. family the america's most inbred family and like it frightens me so much like mm-hmm. that they did this because it was so i think it is really exploited i agree because i don't think there was nearly enough money that was going to this mm-hmm. family for it to be considered at mm-hmm. their benefit it felt very much I it was like hey look at this fucked up family yeah like they're so inbred there's a guy over there barking mm-hmm. he doesn't know english or he can't speak words because inbred like that's so fucked up like mm-hmm. they're not fucking circus oddities yeah they're human beings mm-hmm. but like that's the only thing that i think of could ever end up being the end result of like quiverful families mm-hmm. if literally every family did this it's just everything mm-hmm. just turns to incest very mm-hmm. quickly just also just stop Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hate it Mm -hmm. but because of this many of the siblings also think that klein may potentially have done this in a racist effort to create this aryan gene pool in the surrounding area given that most of the siblings are blonde haired and blue eyed Mm -hmm. so but the last theory that many of the mothers proposed was that they believed that what Klein that klein is a sexual predator and that he got off on what he did to them i agree I completely agree. So that this man medically raped them and derived pleasure pleasure from performing a procedure on them that they had no knowledge or gave consent to. So Liz White's feelings towards what happened to her served to really embody this belief as what he had did to these women required him to have to sexually stimulate himself Mm -hmm. while patients themselves were waiting for the procedure for his semen to even be usable for him to do what he did. Mm -hmm. Although we're going to get technical and kind of gross here for a second. The sperm to still be usable, it has to be kept at a certain heat amount of temperature. So for him to be able to do this to these women in this short amount of time, he would have had to have gone out and masturbated very Mm -hmm. quickly before he came in and inseminated them. Mm -hmm. Fucking awful. Because also, like, you're not, he's not going to go through the process of, like, cryogenically freezing it like you Mm -hmm. do normally. Because you'd have to have a label on it and have it genetic tested and stuff. So it would have to be... This is the only way he could do it. Yeah, that he got you into the exam room, said he had to go do something or like get something set up or had to check on another patient real quick, be right back, go masturbate and then bring it back. Mm -hmm. So how is this anything other than sexual and not medical? Exactly. So and that he did this so often for so many years leads them to feel that he enjoyed what he did. Oh, 100%. I believe that. I 100% agree. So since this documentary was released, Klein has been identified through DNA testing to have been the father of 94 children of his patients, 
that he treated at his clinic. 94. Oh my <laughs> God. Yep. What the fuck, dude? Jesus fucking yes. Christ. And that was as of last year. Holy shit. So that number could still grow. Oh my God. Yep. But 94 children. It makes you think of like how many times a, a week was he doing this? You know how what I mean? How like, were you doing this? Like, yes, it was nearly a decade that you did it, but like. You said that but you weren't still. doing this in a blase way. How is there almost a hundred people? But also think about it. Let's say it's mm-hmm. let's say it was a ten years. Let's say an even ten years. There's let's say yep. it goes up to a hundred even. A hundred even yep. kids. You know what I mean? Ten years. That's ten kids a year. That's almost once a month. Uh-huh. Once a month, you decide to do this. Are you fucking kidding me? How is this anything other than Jesus? Clearly sexually motivated. But and due to the injustices that these families had suffered with him receiving no consequences for his actions, Jacoba Ballard and Jason Hyatt, um, who were identified, uh, Jason Hyatt, who was identified as sibling number 48, have worked tirelessly, tirelessly to lobby the Indiana state letter, legislator, uh, legislator. Yes, thank you. Uh, to add fertility fraud as a crime to the books. So in 2019, Indiana became the first state to pass laws making it illegal for fertility doctors to use their own sperm without a patient's expressed and written consent. Wow. It's as, almost as if like, I don't know. It's a know, medical procedure. Right? It's almost as if I literally need to sign something when I get a fucking flu shot. Yeah. I like, have to sign so many documents that has my expressed and written mm-hmm. consent anytime I go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would this be any mm-hmm. different? Exactly. But okay. So at this time, the majority of states still do not have laws mm-hmm. making this type of abuse illegal. And it is not a federally, it is not a crime federally. Mm-hmm. And currently only seven states have outlawed it. Yep. Seven. Yep. 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 So since the boom of the private ancestry and genealogy sites uh, and these at-home DNA tests have led to over 44 fertility doctors in the United States being exposed for having fathered patients' children without their consent. Jesus fucking Christ. So the majority of these instances occurred in the 1970s to 1990s. And given that this was not a crime in most states and that it is not considered a crime federally, the only source for repercussions for this abuse is that in some states, patients can file civil suits against the doctors themselves for, for doing this. But that's mostly it. Jesus. So, and one of the leading fertility abuse attorneys in uh, in the country, um, Pfeiffer Wolf, has spoken out saying that nail salons in the United States have tighter regulations mm-hmm. than fertility clinics yep. do. Yep. So, in just the most recent case of this being brought to civil court, Bianca Voss, the mother of Roberta Voss, found through a 23andMe and me attest that the father of her daughter was fertility doctor, Dr. Martin D. Greenberg of Manhattan, who had impregnated her with his sperm without her knowledge or consent. And Dr. Greenberg, much like Dr. Klein, was an individual with multiple genetic health conditions mm. that he was aware of, of passing on to offspring as his own son had died young due to a genetic health condition he inherited which as pointed out in the lawsuit and in the documentary that individuals that have families with genetic health conditions are not allowed to donate for risk of unknowingly passing disorders Uh on to donated children Uh who don't know their medical history so she recently won her suit uh, but one of the quotes that her daughter had stated about the trial that I think is also very true for the Klein siblings was that Roberta herself was quoted as saying in regards to taking the DNA test was that she thought she would find interesting facts about her family but, and I quote, I did not expect to find that my mother was violated by her doctor and that I am now haunted by the idea of being a medical, ra- or of a medical rapist being my father. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is so fucked up. I yeah. literally like that. This is a very aggravating and angering case. This makes me not want to have kids any other way, but besides like any other way <laughs> other than knowing the person and literally doing like at home insemination. Yeah. It's so fucking frustrating and just unbelievably unacceptable unethical and should Mm -hmm. absolutely be criminal and the fact that it is not is an absolute injustice Mm -hmm. to everybody on this planet i agree agree. what happened to these women was categorically completely criminal and unacceptable Mm -hmm. and that they were assaulted and harmed in a way that is never going to be okay Mm -hmm. And these kids having to walk around knowing that their fathers are medical rapists and that they have medical conditions or all of these things Mm -hmm. that are being passed down to them that never would have legally been allowed to happen if 
it wasn't for fucked up people not following any sense of like morality and deciding fuck it i don't care about you i don't Mm -hmm. care about other people i'm just gonna hurt everyone around me it's fucking ridiculous because they're predators fucking ridiculous and why i wanted to talk about it is it is a type of predation and predators that i don't think we normally put enough of a spotlight on that there Mm -hmm. are these kinds of people that do exist and are willing to hurt other people mm-hmm. for their own pleasure. Well, and it's, it's even it's even like there's the type of people like this where they're fertility doctors. But to bring it back to what you said earlier, like there's also people who will just go out and hook up with people and poke mm-hmm. a hole in the condom. Yes. Or will, you know, or will stealth and take off the condom mm-hmm. or say it broke and break mm-hmm. it themselves. Like yes. there are people who do this and are not doctors. Yes. This happens a lot more than people fucking realize. Well, that and I also wanted to talk about it because medical professionals, there, there are sexual there are people mm-hmm. who are sexual predators and also medical professionals. Well, and that that's a there's a whole, that's a whole reason that I will never in my life have a male gynecologist. I don't I trust just, it. I just it makes me uncomfortable. I get too nervous as a person who had been the victim of assault mm-hmm. to handle it. But also one of the things like I'm forgetting the statistic exactly off the top of my head, but I think it's like 1 in 10 or like 1 in 4 or like or even le- like one in two or one in three like trans folks are medically assaulted by yep or assault experience sexual assault or yep assault by medical professionals mm-hmm. it is possible and it does happen that mm-hmm. there are people who are medical professionals who disrespect the boundaries of their patients mm-hmm. and harm actively harm their patients and completely go against the hippocratic mm-hmm. oath and this person was doing this at a mass scale in a completely horrifying way and that every single person involved was devastated mm-hmm. and harmed by this yep all because this guy's a creep yep all because he wants to get his rocks off like fuck you dude exactly so i think this case was super fucked up it like blew me away that definitely fucked up yeah i agree just the absolute depravity of this mm-hmm. person so i just felt like it was one of those many things that just needed to be talked about yeah, needed definitely. to be more thought about and that if for any reason that you have a, an experience with a medical professional that goes against what you feel comfortable with, you are allowed to report yep. it and that is completely okay. Well, I literally had a conversation literally last night with one of my clients mm-hmm. at the shelter. She was like, I we got together for a case manager for goal planning and she was like, I want to change my therapist. And I was like, okay. She goes, but I don't want to hurt her feelings. I, I, don't, I just don't want to, I don't know how to go about doing it. I was like, you have every right to change a therapist, change a doctor. She goes, I can change my doctor if I want. I was like, yes. yes. I said, you have every right. If you don't like what someone's doing, you can say no. You can say, I don't want this anymore. Yes. You have you every can, right to do that. And you have every right to make yourself the most comfortable Hell, you can be. I mean, myself, I'm, I changed my mm-hmm. primary care doctor because I didn't like how she was talking to me. Mm-hmm. She kept on, I'm a plus size woman. Like, I think I mentioned that before. Like, but I'm healthy. My blood work comes back fine. Mm-hmm. I am very healthy. I'm not even pre-diabetic. Like, I'm very healthy. And she was like, oh, well, if you don't lose weight, we're going to put you on weight loss medication. Like, I, no, no I'm no healthy. Med- There's literally yes. no medical reason. Sure, could my back and my knees benefit a little bit with me losing a few pounds? Of course. But, like, that's just... It's, 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 it's just... I can manage bones. it. It's manageable. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. is what it is. So I changed my doctor because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that I tell you every mm-hmm. time I don't want to talk about my weight loss and you insist yeah. on talking about it. And now I change doctors and the new doctor I have is great, which is... it's in exactly. your right you to do that. You have every right to do that. And as someone who... I will not go and see the gynecologist that I saw last mm-hmm. because she didn't respect any of my boundaries. I had a meeting with her before we ever went into the exam that I was very clear about what I needed to feel comfortable as a person who had been the victim of a sexual assault mm-hmm. in uh, this situation, which going to the gynecologist in general, even if they're a good gynecologist, it Terrifying. is very overwhelming for me. It becomes very triggering and a very bad experience i usually do not go unless it is a day that i do not have to go to work or anywhere Mm -hmm. else after because i usually get very emotionally upset Mm -hmm. this woman completely disrespected everything i said Mm -hmm. i said i needed you to ask permission i needed you to tell me what you were doing before you ever touched me or ever came near me i need to know exactly what you're doing and why you can't just touch me Mm -hmm. nope she literally just completely disregarded all of that did all of that and then tried to perform a breast exam on me when the nurse was still walking through the door and the door was fully open Jesus. So I was pissed. I never went back to this person. I gave them a very bad review and I made it very clear I'm not coming back. Mm-mm. I have every right to do that. Yep. My boundaries were disrespected. That is a very like small, minute case in comparison to what these women went through. Mm-hmm. But this is an unacceptable thing mm-hmm. to do. Yep. And medical professionals, although 
I 100% believe, like, especially, like, nurses, they're heroes. Mm -hmm. But it is possible for someone to be a bad person and also a medical professional. And they need to respect the same boundaries of any other person. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Jesus, what a fucking case. Sorry, this was a tough one. (sighs) Rough. Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Well, angry. Uh, yeah, I got and apparently a bunch of the other cases you're going to do are going to be leading me ranty as well. Oh, yeah. So I guess if you want to stay tuned for all of me ranting and me screaming <laughs> into the microphone, you can follow us on all of our socials. You can follow us on Instagram at figures in the dark. Follow us on Twitter at figures in the dark, but dark spelled DRK. You can like us on Facebook, share our page at figures in the dark. You can send us an email with your case suggestions, how angry you are about this type of stuff. Um, any spooky stories you have um, at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com. Um, and then you can listen to us on any major platform that streams podcasts, minus a few small ones, but the major, major ones are Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or, sorry, Apple, yeah, Apple Podcast, and, uh, Amazon Music, and Google Podcast. Yeah, thank you, everybody. And as always, beware the figures of the dark. Yeah. Bye. Bye.